0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today we welcome back friend of the program, the Flora Butcher, Chef David Raines. With his unique approach and feel for good beef, he's back with some goodies from his kitchen. And he brought Jenna Deer from the Canton Visitors Bureau to tell us about an upcoming culinary event that will be headlined by Chef Raines and feature some other Mississippi food artists. Share your comments and experiences about your summer kitchen and let us know what you like about summer food events by giving us a call today. The number is one mpb ring The phone number is one 672 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think
1: Radio.
0: And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today we welcome back a friend of the program, the Flora Butcher, Chef David Rains. With his unique approach and feel for good beef, he's back with some goodies from his kitchen. And he brought Jenna Deer with him from the Canton Visitors Bureau. They're going to talk about an upcoming culinary event that will be headlined by Chef Rains and feature some other Mississippi food artists. We're looking for your comments and experiences this morning about your summer kitchen. And let us know what you like. About summer food events, when you give us a call, the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can always email the show food at mpbonline dot org. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. You know, before we get started, Deborah, I, I was uh, thinking the other day, <clears throat> and when you uh, have, you know, your successful. Uh, uh, cooking with Honey and Friends, and so I'm going to have a spinoff, but it's going to be Cooking with Honey's Friend.
2: Oh, I love that. It and took me a long time to figure that part friend, out. Kevin. <laughs> I'm so proud of all the things that you're doing with the Blue Apron and cooking and doing all those fantastic dishes. And then I'm so happy to see you. Can I tell you how much I missed you, doll? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Everybody knows that Kevin is my Monday morning husband, so I'm (laughs) single. And so I get to cook for him every Monday morning and love on him. And he's made me uh, really comfortable being here. So it's great having a Monday morning man. And I'm happy he's back home.
0: And also, uh, similar to fessing up for when I substituted uh, uh, salt for sugar in the recipe that I made, <laughs> I uh, I was uh, fixing a blue apron um, uh, I, I, this weekend and was trying to slice an onion and ended up slicing my thumb open. So that was not a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So I would say if, any, if you're using any of those slicers that you can buy at the grocery store, <clears throat> they come with a little guard to protect your hand from being sliced, no matter how hard it takes to get the the, the holder into the onion or whatever you're slicing, I recommend that you do that uh, before you begin slicing uh, because that way you will not cut open your thumb. Well, Kevin,
2: I'm such an old-fashioned girl, you know, and it's really funny because I've I've come up with a title for my second cookbook, but I won't share that just yet. But I don't really have a kitchen full of fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm truly a a Mississippi girl, so I still slice my onions the old-fashioned way. I like chopping up things and putting my hands on everything. But you do have to be really careful because, you know, I, I don't mind a good Onion, but a Kevin and Onion burger is just not cutting
0: what I'm after. You know? Well, I'm almost ready to agree with that too. Is and, and and I was telling Deborah before that we came on. It's a there's a thin a thin slice and a thick slice. And the thin slice the onion went through there with no problem whatsoever. But the thick slice, I, and it's the same blade as far as I know. But I guess it was the size of the slices or something. Uh, but it, the, the onion was not going through there <clears throat> and I went ahead to try to push it with my with my hand and again, kind of sliced open my finger. And again, I'll also say, uh, if one little cut on your thumb can generate that much blood, I know that when people deal with really serious <laughs> things like shootings and that sort of thing, that's I, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's too much to handle. Yeah, so.
2: and I'm sure Chef Rain can tell us, You know, learning to chop and dice and slice, you're gonna end up with some war wounds. It's just part of the gig and then <laughs> eventually you get really comfortable with that stuff. But, I've, you know, I've been in the kitchen with really professional chefs, and, you know, accidents just happen. So it's just part of the deal.
3: It is. I have one finger that is, I don't know if you can tell, it looks a little crooked because I cut this part of
0: the finger off of it. Oh, wow, I, I see that. And kind of grew back, but it <laughs> just doesn't look quite right. anymore. Anyway. <laughs> And it hurts a lot, too. I said, you know, a little cut like that, but boy, it hurt. And like I said, it just—it would not stop bleeding. And it was all over the sink and everything. And so it was quite an ordeal. So now
2: you can tell a war story, Kevin. (laughs) And I think you
0: should tell it with an accent, right? You know,
2: I was in the war, and I cut my finger off trying to feed everybody. I mean, it just works out really well.
0: And my other thing was, uh, it was supposed to be crispy rice. So you cook the rice, and half of it was supposed to go on a baking sheet, and then you stick it in the oven to crisp it up. Well, I not thinking or on hindsight was not a good idea, but I actually used a sheet of, um, Foil over my baking sheet, and so then of course all the rice was it's pretty much stuck to the and
2: stuck right. to, yeah. So
0: So um, as as my Blue Apron experiences go, that was probably not the best, but uh, the food turned out to be good. So the bottom line is, I got it done at much much yelling, and I, I think the cat was probably <laughs> looking at me saying, "What's going on in there?" Uh, but uh, but we survived and to live to another day. So
2: well, the best for me is just having you back home. So Thank you. How about that?
0: They joined uh, Atlanta. They uh, went to the new baseball stadium in Atlanta, and the food there was quite good. It uh, had a, a barbecue sandwich, and it had it came with uh, macaroni and cheese and some dill pickles on the side. But, boy, the macaroni, it was the big... You know, thick uh, macaroni and just the cheese just would glom onto there. So it was really, really good. And the concessions at the stadium are very well done. There was a there's a green uh, station for salads and veg- veggie dogs and that sort of thing. Uh, they've got some cheeseburgers from other local places there. So it was it was a lot of fun. And um, if you're a baseball fan, you know that when a walk is when the batter gets to first base. And occasionally the team does that on purpose. And it's called an intentional walk. Well, the Chinese food stand was called intentional Walk. (laughs) Ah... So as a, as a punster, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I didn't eat there, but I was like, you've got a great name. So next time I come, I'll know to, to go there. So we got a lot of food this morning. Uh, chef Rains brought some, uh, some, some food in that we'll talk to in just a few minutes about that. But you also brought in kind of a delightful summer salad. Tell us about that.
2: Well, you know, the beautiful thing about being in Mississippi, uh, Kevin, and being a cook or a chef here in the state is that we have so many wonderful varieties right in our back door. And the conversation from farm to table, you know, of course, there's this wonderful revival going on. But today what I brought in is a warm corn salad and it pairs well with beef. And uh, basically what I did was, and and what you're going to love about this salad, there's no oils, there's no butter, literally all the flavors are generated from the vegetables that are put in the salad. So I braised up the corn that just warmed it up a little bit. It's got some okra in it, some some fresh onions, some sweet onions, we've got some green onions in it. We've got some uh, heirloom tomatoes, which are absolutely one of my favorites because if you ever bite into an heirloom tomato, it's like love. I just really walk around the house now when I'm looking for an extra bite and just use those instead of, you know, some candy or whatever. And you also got some okra in there. And because I'm a little bit over the top, I grilled up some chicken this morning. Kevin, and just added that just for the extra presentation. But you can use this without the uh, meat in it for those who are you know, looking for healthier ways to live. There's a little bit of herb in there. I, w- I had some chocolate mint, Kevin, mm. and um, didn't have enough to really bring this out all together. So I didn't add that, but there's some fresh thyme in there. I mean, it's just a really easy, uncomplicated salad. The, the color presentation is beautiful. But let me tell you, what really made me happy today is when I walked to the front door and I could smell food. (laughs) Oh, my God. And so then when I got to the back, it was this wonderful, wonderful beef and rice. Oh, my gosh. Just amazing.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that. But the one thing I wanted to say about your salad that's interesting because that, also my experience with Blue Apron this weekend is there was a dish that had capers in it. and I was one of those things where it was like, ugh, I don't like capers. Uh, but it was um, it was in a – actually it was mixed up in a celery salsa okay. over some squash. And to me, when you mix fluids up like that, the flavors blend in so much that it, it's, if something you don't particularly like, I would always say go ahead and try it if it's mixed up with something because – the other flavors added a different flavor profile and the the capers made it a little bit salty but as i was eating that salad i'd like oh my gosh that's okra in there and it's not fried and i am eating it so <laughs>
2: <clears throat> and it was not overcooked no
0: it was and it was it added a crunchiness to it and so i would say if there's something that you don't like but it's in mixed together in a salad or something like that, I'd go for it because, you know, like I say, it's it's not it's not the same.
2: Yeah. Now capers for me is definitely not, not something that you want to just sit down for me and take a spoonful and just eat it. Right. But adding it to dishes, whether it's my sauces or tossing a little bit in a salad or in some rice, it really does just add an amazing bite to your dish. So and again I agree with you. We talk about that quite often. Don't say no to it until you try it. And then you need to try it at least three times to make sure you really don't like it. <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, again, and that was my thing with the Blue Apron is no matter what the ingredients are, again, it's sort of like it's two plates full. And it's like if you can't choke down two plates of something even you don't like, you know. So uh, my vow is to just try everything and and see. And I'm I'm discovering that there are a lot of things that I thought – because I, I think that's the other thing. I think you get in your mind, well, no, I don't like that. And so then you never try it. And then when you do, you're like, well, hey, that that's not too bad.
2: Well, the, one of the things that I tell people, in order to experience the world that we live in, you can't just get hooked on the staples that you grew up with. And that's, what, that's really what happens to most of us. We're used to eating only certain foods. Your parents cooked a certain way. Your grandparents cooked a certain way. But as you travel the world and you meet people from different ethnicities, you want to be able to experience their whole friendship and be able to sit down and enjoy different types of food and you'll be surprised Kevin how from each relationship that you build or each food that you understand you come home and then you won't be able to say I have nothing to cook because your world just got bigger.
0: Uh, why don't we do this let's take a quick break when we get back we'll begin our discussion with the Flora Butcher chef David Rains. also we have from the Canton Visitors Bureau Jana Deer yes, who's going to be telling us about an upcoming food related event you're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio we'll be back with more after this.
4: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with our friend, the Flora Butcher, Chef David Raines. Also with us from the Canton Visitors Bureau is Jenna Deer, who's going to be telling us about an event upcoming in Canton that's a food-related event. We're looking for your comments this morning. Uh, What do you like uh, in summer food festivals when you go out in the summertime and get some good food? What is it that you like to see when you're out there? Uh, And also, um, do you have any questions for the chef? If so, give us a call. The number is one 877 MPB Ring. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, Chef, uh, Deborah mentioned the, the great smells and, and uh, the good food that you brought in. So tell us uh, what you prepared for us this morning.
3: Um, I brought in Wagyu steak tips. Uh, it's in a very thick gravy over rice. and um, It's something that we serve as a blue plate special in the shop. And then we'll be serving this Thursday at Canton uh, for the beef? It's
0: what for dinner event. Okay, and uh, I remember from your visit last time you talked. Is it and again is it wag wagyu? Wagyu, yeah. wag, wagyu would be a little more correct, but uh, I say wagyu.
3: Okay, <laughs> we're from the south. We get
2: away yeah.
0: With that, right? like my dad raises them. <laughs> I can say what I want. And that's uh, if you would tell us the story again about how you come came upon them. Um,
3: my dad got into raising cattle. Uh, he is a doctor, and doctors tend to get into things they shouldn't, and my dad is <laughs> no exception to that. He um, he started raising cattle a little uh, around the same time as I started getting into cooking, and then um, years later, after trying to reinvent the wheel by mixing different breeds to come up with this new Great Southern breed of animal, um, I from my travels in Japan and Australia and just. The culinary world i told him that uh, it's already been invented it's called wagyu and if you were to get into this you would be a uh, kind of a uh, getting in it before everybody else even knew what it was everybody just called it kobe beef back then which is not true it's sort of like champagne if it's not from the champagne region of france it's sparkling white wine mm-hmm. um Wagyu and Kobe are the same. Um, If it's not a black Tajima Wagyu cow raised in Kobe, Japan by a handful of people who are allowed to do it, and it reaches a certain marble score, then it can't be called Kobe beef, but we don't regulate the term. So these are black Tajima Wagyu cows raised in North Louisiana by my dad.
2: <laughs> and it's like I said before, Kevin, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm a carnivore. Mm. So if you've not had a Wagyu bite before, you really do need to do yourself a favor and go to Floral and go down to the butcher shop and really try it. It's an amazing bite of meat. Uh, the Like you were saying, the marbleization is wonderful. But when you can get that nice tender bite every time through and through, and the, the meat has this really... Really wonderful, I, buoyancy about it. That's just really great. So
3: yeah, it's less mineraly for me, and uh, but still beefier than regular steaks are. Uh, you probably have to try it to really understand what I mean. Right. <laughs> but uh, it just it just has a better beef flavor all the way around uh, for me.
0: Yeah, and the beef tips were very tender and some great uh, gravy and and good rice in that. and that. You know, when Java told me that's what you were fixing, I thought, man, that's just, you know, one of the perfect southern dishes, that's for sure.
2: It's the breakfast of champions,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And we had it for breakfast this morning. <laughs> As I mentioned, uh, Jana Deer is joining us from the Canton Visitors Bureau. Uh, Jana, you've got an event coming up uh, in Canton, so if you would uh, tell us what it is and a little bit about it.
5: Hey, Jana. Good morning. Thank you all for having us. Yes, we have um, obviously realized that food is part of Mississippi's history. Mm -hmm. And so um, in Canton, we're trying to bring that to life. And so every month we have a different event themed around food. Um, as we all like together, and we all like to eat in Mississippi. And so um, we started out with the crawfish bowl, and it's the third Thursday of each month. And so we started in April, and we're going to go through September. And as the chef said, this month is beef is what's for dinner. And so we will have the floor butcher there preparing his um his beef tips, as we call them in Mississippi. And then, um, we will have live music from Burnham road, which is a local band out of Brandon, Mississippi. And each month we just theme it different with food. Uh, this month, we also have uh, local farmers. We've got farm gar- farm girl groceries that will be there with her homemade breads and jams. And, wow. um, my favorite, her salsa is to die for. And, um, and then we'll also have seven Cedars with farms with their fresh gro. uh, Pre, fresh produce that they've got, and then we will have Summerall Farms there with their fresh corn that is growing right now, and uh, maybe a few more coming on board.
2: Now, what the word that I love
5: that she kept using, Kevin,
2: was fresh, mm-hmm. and, and really that's what Mississippi offers. I know that there are a lot of things that are you know said about food sources. But really, Mississippi is one of those very rare places in the country now where you can come and do farm-to-table lifestyle. And it's really incredible. It's the way I grew up. My grandparents were farmers. And so it was nothing to just go to the backyard, pull you some oak, or get you some corn, get you some tomatoes, and have dinner. The chickens were even fresh because they ran around the yard. And so there's a revival of that whole conversation. And so to be able to have the City of Lights hosting an event like this is just absolutely fantastic. Right.
5: And all of our merchants will be open to stay open is from 6 to 9 and so they'll they'll be a stay open late that night so it's also the Thursday before Father's Day so we're also kind of theming around Father's Night Out and we knew men love beef so that was where we came up with the the name for beef is what's for dinner and so all of our merchants will have those special deals for Father's Day gifts as well. Yeah I can hear my dad going yeah please bring home the steak. (laughs) Well, Well if you're preparing a meal for your family Father's Day this weekend you know come get your beef, come get your vegetables to prepare for it
0: so where is the event taking place
5: it takes place on the square Mm -hmm. we block off union street which is right in front of the canton welcome center and that's where we put up our stage and that's where our band will be and our food vendors and a few of our farmers will be there and we'll also have a few of the farmers just around the square in front of the store so you can make your way around the square
2: and for people who have not been to canton canton is like lots of little beautiful towns across Mm -hmm. the state of Mississippi. It's very quaint. You have these very old buildings and some very modern buildings and people are really friendly. The city is really beautiful, Mm -hmm. especially during the holidays when it's lit up. But yes, do yourself a favor and go make friends in Canton.
5: That's exactly right. I tell everybody everywhere I travel that there's more small towns like Canton, Mississippi in Mississippi, than there are the big towns. And if right. you've not experienced those small towns and what their culinary experiences are, you're just missing out.
2: And not just their culinary experiences. I think what makes food so amazing is that you do get to have food and relationships, getting to meet people. I would have never met the floral butcher had it not been for a conversation about food. Right. Kevin would not be my Monday morning <laughs> man if it not had been for food. And it just is, you know, because growing up, my parents insisted that we sit around the family table and, and ask us questions. How's your life? What's going on? And I think, you know, the more we encourage that, even in a community, mm-hmm. because everybody's gone to the internet now, they're dating online, they're talking online, but to be able to get outside and enjoy fresh food and wonderful people is priceless.
5: Yes, that's what a, a, our third Thursday does. We, jo- we joke and say it brings the locals to the visitors. And it does. We, we meet on the streets as a local and visitors, and they sit in their chairs. Uh, be sure to bring chairs. And uh, they bring their chairs and their blankets and there's little kids out in front of the stage dancing and it's a really unique experience to watch how these two families of locals and visitors merge together.
0: So if you're listening this morning, uh, you can uh, call in. We've got some open phone lines if you uh, have maybe some tips uh, that you'd like to get from the chef about cooking or uh, different cuts of beef, that sort of thing. Or we're asking you, you know, what do you look for when you go for a summer food festival? Because they're all over the um, the state of Mississippi during the summertime. So give us a call and join the conversation if you'd like to at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 You can always email the show food at mpbonline.org. So, Chef Rains, do you think it's important to to reach out and be part of community events like this? Uh, absolutely. Um, one of the most rewarding things about my butcher shop
3: is that I, I got to know everybody in the town that I, that I'm working in. Uh, They come in every day for lunch. Uh, I know more about them than I know what's going on with my own family sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, every time you do an event, you just get to, you know, see them in a different venue. You know, you see a regular customer that comes in and buys something, but then you see them at an event and you, you you know, you make him something, a burger and hand it to him and talk to him and catch up. And it just makes you feel better uh, about where you live, knowing everybody that's around you Mm -hmm. having a real relationship.
2: You know, Mississippi is, of course, the hospitality state. And because we do have so many small towns and we're not a big city, it really is about building family. And I'm not going to ever stop saying that food and relationships are so valuable. And if you have a business, you really need to get to know people and they need to get to know you. And it's like, you know, that song, everybody wants to go where everybody knows their name. You want to be able to sit at the counter and know the butcher knows you or know the baker knows you, you know, the candlestick maker knows. You. it's just it's real. It's about wonderful, delicious food and great relationships.
5: And we do that a lot in Madison County. <clears throat> you know, it's not just what's good for Canton is good all for Madison County. And same thing for the state of Mississippi. What's good for Canton is good for the entire state. Of course, we want everybody to come to our town, but that's one of the reasons why we got involved with the floor butcher is because we want to promote. All of Madison County. There's some amazing things in Madison County if you've not visited, for Canton or or, you know the city of Madison or Ridgeland.
0: So, uh, Jenna, Mm -hmm. are other chefs or restaurants participating as well?
5: Um, no, he's our only chef this okay. time. We do have one other food vendor that will be there for those um, little ones that prefer nachos or corn dogs. So we do have one of those food vendors as well. Um, but, no, he's our specialty chef this week.
0: I would say you, it's never too early to start kids uh, to enjoy some good beef, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, Chef, do you think even with a, a chain uh, supermarket that it's a good idea maybe to— Try to get to know the the butcher there, and what are some of the things that maybe you could find out or some advantages to trying to get to know who's who's behind the meat counter?
3: Um, It's the people who work behind the meat counters in grocery stores. uh, You know, there's a lot of them that do it just because they need a job, and then there's some that are super passionate about it. And you can talk to, uh, like, one of my meat cutters, Matt Grohl, he worked in the supermarket industry until I, until I found him and you know put him in our, our butcher shop. But uh, he loved engaging the customers; it's his favorite thing. Uh, he likes to experiment with different meats and sausages and cuts and different presentations. Um, he's just passionate about it. So if you you can find those people in every in every store you go in, if you uh, if you engage them and talk to them. Um, You know, a lot of them are really, they don't, they seem standoffish, but they're very eager to talk about the trade with you.
2: I found that to be the case. Um, I shop at a local grocery store quite often, and one of the things that I had to do was to get to know the people in the stores because I want to know when the sale is going to happen. I want to know when the beef is fresh, when the fish is fresh, when did it come in, and you can just stop and ask questions. And they'll say, you know, the, this product is going to come in on Wednesday. We'll have these on Thursdays, it, and then they can tell you about the different cuts. They'll share different recipes with you. What makes the you know the meats better? What's you know what not to use? It, like you said. Just being able to ask questions and building those friendships is just really important. Funny story: uh, last week I went in and uh, they were telling everybody there was a particular product they didn't have anymore. So apparently the butcher had put some up for himself, and I said, "You really don't have any more?" And he said, "Hold on." And <laughs> you know, and so then he came back and he gave me his last two, and I just thought that was really sweet. But that wouldn't have happened if you know it hadn't have been. Hello, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we has got a caller on the line, so why don't we say good morning first to AJ, who's called in from Jackson today. Good morning, AJ. <laughs>
4: good morning, AJ. How are you? Uh, I am fantastic. Uh, well, of course, my sister, um, Deborah, is such a fantastic cook, and I love her to death. I love I just you too, sweetie. To, um, get some uh, tips because I am a, uh, well, what she knows, I'm a, um, you know, a garden or a farm to table kind of a guy. And um, and it's just because I, I just want to natural, um, but I've been trying to think of an ideal of something to do for a really good friend of mine whose birthday is coming up, and I wanted to just kind of see um, what would be, for someone who's turning uh, almost 40, um, what would be a good <laughs> cut of meat uh, or just a style of meat that I just have not thought of, of course, outside of my sister's brilliance?
2: Well, I'm going to say this is really funny, AJ. I don't know that age is really a factor when buying a cut of meat. Uh, whether you are 2 or 92, it's like the Christmas song, you know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but I'm going to let the sh- uh, chef approach that question.
3: So you want to make dinner for him, or you just want to give him something for him to cook himself? or
4: I, I hear you.
3: You want, him, you want to cook dinner for this person, or you want to give them something for them to cook on their own, or just have a dinner
4: party, or...? Well, maybe something that we can kind of, um, you know, um, cooking with honey and friends can, you know, <laughs> get, you know we can kind of put together, um, you know, for this individual because they are really worth it and uh, just kind of been a really, really good friend. And just uh, now it's just kind of time for that same investment to kind of go back. And so uh, we've been just kind of brainstorming on what would be a good thing and so it's I was excited to hear you say steak because that is an absolute favorite meal, but just doing it the same old, same old sometimes, you know, it can kind of, you know, your palate becomes a little bored, and so I want to kind of spice the palate up a little bit.
3: Sure. Um, When it comes to, like, get-togethers and things, I go one of two ways. It's either um, a long, slow, braised item or something I can do ahead of time so that we have time to talk and hang out or I do a steak with, you know, hot, fast kind of cooking method. So everything else is sort of ready and you just stand around the grill and cook, uh, and talk. There's a bunch of, uh, different cuts, uh, that you can get that make it a little more interesting. Um, some things are bigger cuts and you can slice them and share them, uh, which is kind of fun. And you can have a variety of steaks like flat irons or flank, um, sirloin flap, Denver steaks. There's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, And then if you want, if you're coming to my shop, you can get a, you know, a two inch thick dry aged Wagyu porterhouse or, you know, whatever. Um, If you want to go the braised way, uh, I love beef Okay, It's a shank. Um, You just season it, sear it all the way around and you put it in like your crock pot or you can put it in a low oven. And then it's just got amazing beef flavor. Uh, It's a long, slow cook, and then really you just keep it warm, and then when it's time for dinner, all you have to do is ring the bell and, you know,
4: line everybody up because (laughs) your food's already ready. That sounds great to me. All right. I really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Mm -hmm.
2: Thanks, AJ. Have a fantastic day.
0: Uh, we need to take another quick break. When we get back, we will continue our discussion. We're visiting today with Chef David Rains, the Flora Butcher, uh, also with us in studio, talking about an event coming up uh, in Canton. Jenna Deere from the Canton Visitors Bureau. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Back with more after this. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with the Flora Butcher, Chef David Rains, uh, talking about uh, beef. And uh, if you have any questions about uh, maybe cuts of beef or ways to prepare beef, the chef might could give you some suggestions. Also with us in studio from the Canton Visitors Bureau, Jana Deer. We're talking about the upcoming event, uh, Beef. It's what's for dinner. It's uh, Jenna. Remind us again of the uh, the date. It's the Thursday before Father's Day. Is it that is. Right?
5: It's always the third Thursday of each month and it is this Thursday the 15th and it's from 6 to 9 on the Courthouse Square.
0: If someone needs more information, uh, where would they go?
5: Uh, they can visit us on, on Facebook at Canton Tourism. They can visit our website, cantontourism.com, or they can always give our office a call six days a week, 859-1307. All
0: right. Uh, and, you know, it's a food show. We're talking a little bit about uh, Canton. So uh, what about some uh, maybe some places that people might want to check out, restaurants uh, when they visit the town?
5: Well, we have our newest restaurant that just opened uh, back in March called Legends of Mississippi, and it is owned by Leon Seals, who's the former right. NFL footballer. Football player, and uh, you never know when you walk in, he'll he'll be serving drinks, he'll be cooking, he <laughs> he's always around, um, and it's a great experience as well. And uh, that's our newest restaurant. It also has a second story balcony that a lot of people have enjoyed during our Third Thursday event. You can sit on the second story balcony and eat eat and watch and listen to the music as well. So that's our newest restaurant. We have three restaurants on the square. We have Legends, Patino's, Soul Food, which is a buffet for lunch. And then we have Tomahawk Steakhouse, which is a um, steak company that's open for lunch and dinner.
0: All right. Um, Chef, you mentioned braising. Uh, tell us a little bit about I, – I, I, that's a term I think I've heard, but I'm not sure I know exactly what it means or, or, or how you do it. So what is, how do you braise uh, beef? Uh, to braise something
3: is to have it at least three-quarters submerged in a cooking liquid like a stock uh, broth. Um, you, uh, in general, I tend to just bury it all the way because I do large batches of everything. But um, it's to cook it about anywhere from 250 to 300 degrees. You just want a little very slow simmer. And you cook it for hours, and then you get the the, the cuts that are the most flavorful but tough. Uh, you cook them that way, it breaks down the uh, the connective tissue and it just create makes the sauce even thicker and then it, it's just tender but it has that great flavor.
2: What I love about cooking something low and slow, again, is that really tender, tender bite that you get. It's just like the meat kind of buttery and it melts in your mouth and that's always a wonderful experience. And then uh, you know, and it's easy to do at home. You don't have to buy anything really fancy or exper- expensive to do low and slow. You can literally use your oven uh, and for me it's being able to drop it to its lowest temperature so I think that's about 170 and just kind of walk away from it and anywhere from, depending on the cut of meat, you're looking at 4, 8, 12 hours in the oven Kevin and it just really works and and you're not overheating your house. It's not exhausting and you can do other things while you're doing that and entertain and talk to friends and family while you uh, braising your meat.
0: But also, I would imagine um, I get much, much like a marinade. You're, the liquid that you're braising the beef in is adding flavor uh, uh, to the beef. Sure. I mean, you start with uh, a good stock or something like that, and
3: then the beef, and then you add your vegetables and things. Uh, anytime you've made a, a pot roast, you're, you've you've done a braise. Mm-hmm. Um, So if you start with the right ingredients, the beef is going to release some of its uh, connective tissue and gelatin, and it's going to thicken the stock, and it's going to make the sauce just taste that much better and beefier, and then it just keeps it, uh, the meat just succulent. I mean, that's the best thing about braising for me is the fact that it's just juicy and tender. Uh, That's just hard to beat
0: that's interesting because it's, it's kind of a win-win situation where the liquid is as you say breaking down the beef and and so the beef is more tender but then also that's being released into the liquid that's making it a nice uh thick uh, gravy oh
3: sure yeah and then like these uh like the steak tips i mean with the, when you cook it down long enough uh you can take the sauce out and reduce it as well and then it just becomes really really thick and intense and it's just great over things like rice or noodles or if you make a uh, an oxtail ragu or something where you've cooked it all together, uh, and then you just um, put it over, you know, rice or whatever. It's just great. I love that
0: stuff.
2: So well, meant- it was really yummy today over um, some rice, and the rice was perfectly cooked, and the bites were just amazing.
0: Right, and I was talking to the, the chef before we started. I said, "Like my my rice always turns out to be so sticky," and and that that was not. So that was that was that was really good. You had mentioned, I think, uh, that you've traveled around the world. How did you How did you settle in Florida? Um, I was living in New Orleans
3: in the French Quarter um, with my wife I met in Denmark, and I was working for uh, Restaurant Revolution for Chef Fols and Chef Germano. Um We had a. We loved the French Quarter, but then we had a daughter, and then we didn't like the French Quarter anymore <laughs> <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so, um, I was going to leave anyway. Uh, they asked if I would open, uh, Seafood Revolution up here in Jackson. Uh, I wasn't sure that this was going to be home forever or anything, but I, I came up here to, uh, to open that restaurant so when i left my wife loved it here and did not want to go anywhere else and i happy wife happy life (laughs) i was like whatever you say we'll we'll figure something out um uh, a dear friend and my contractor brent crier lives in flora and he said why don't you look around flora and i just didn't think of flora because it's so small but I met the guy who owns the building i'm in uh who was super enthusiastic gave me an incredible deal just to be there um and it seems to have impacted main street um uh, everything sort of all the empty buildings were are now occupied and it's just sort of you know there's talk of more buildings going up and things like that and it's just uh i just seem to have happened upon it at the perfect time
0: and if i remember correctly it's, it's a renovated
3: building isn't it it is I gutted it uh completely. There was nothing but the walls, the floor and the and the ceiling so um it used to be a bunch of different things when it was a restaurant, it burned, so there's no second floor anymore, even though it's uh, from the outside it looks like there still is <laughs> um but if uh when you walk in it looks like a nice little butcher shop um and if you were to walk a few feet behind it you would realize that most of the building is actually at 45 degrees if not colder Uh, it's all refrigerated where you have all our meat cutting hanging carcass coolers dry aging coolers all that stuff so it's a pretty industrial when you get back behind the counter
2: now, one of the things that I really love that you said was that your wife came here and didn't want to leave. And, you know, and I found that quite a few people across the world, you know, when they hear Mississippi, they think, "Ah, oh, I don't want to be there. And I say, just come visit one time and you it's, it'll change your life forever. And Kevin knows a few months ago, we had a guest that came in from California and uh, he had heard all of these crazy things about Mississippi. And now all I hear is I can't wait to get back. The people here are amazing. The food is intoxicating. It's a beautiful scene. Environment, so what's not to love about Mississippi? Right? I agree.
3: I don't
0: think I'll <laughs> ever go anywhere else. Uh, we've got some callers on the line, so we will start again with our friend Joey in Tremont. Good morning, Joey.
2: Hey, Joey. Good, Good morning. morning.
4: Hello, Kevin. Hi. Myself, Hi. and Dale. Uh, and dear lady. all hey, right How are you? <laughs> Good morning. Oh, uh, my favorite uh, late spring recipe when squash is coming in. Oh, yeah. My paternal grandma would uh, slice them up and slice up some onion and put a little oil in the skillet where it wouldn't stick. And just about the time it was done, she'd throw in about a half handful of brown sugar and stir it up with it, caramelized at and, uh, oh, that makes you slappy daddy.
2: <laughs> well, now, Joey, I don't know about your grandmother, but my grandmother would do that, and she'd add a little bit of onions, and sometimes she'd uh, add a little fried egg to that, and then she'd serve it with some high cornbread.
4: Mm. Well, I always had cornbread, but no, didn't do the egg thing. <laughs>
0: That, that sounds good, Joey. Great uh, a squash recipe, and again, that this is the time of year for that. And uh, as I've mentioned, with the Blue Apron, uh, two two recipes uh, this uh, weekend with squash. So I had a, a summer squash and then a yellow squash. So that was really good. Did uh, did. Um, um, Roasted them the first time with uh, with again the um, with the uh, celery salsa, which again that was one of the things like you know you like celery with peanut butter, or whatever. But it's not one of my favorites. But it was really really crunchy and and very good. So again, when you blend in all those flavors, you can sometimes be surprised at uh, what you like that you thought you might not.
2: Absolutely.
0: Let's uh, continue on. We've got uh, Sue in Beaumont on the line. Good morning, Sue.
4: Hey Sue. Hi, how are you? Good morning. We're doing good. I wanted to mention to Kevin about. Reynolds makes a non stick tinfoil. Uh
0: uh-huh.
4: And you can, it, it, it you, I never, I, it's always have a roll of that in the house. You just put the, uh, dull side up and nothing will stick to that. And then when you get through, you just roll it up and throw the tinfoil away with. You got to get you some nonstick tinfoil. All right,
0: thanks, Sue. <laughs> great. I wish, Sue. I wish you would have <laughs> called in last week and I'd have known that. But thank. That's a great suggestion because I was really, you know, I had it all spread out there and was all excited about it. And it, I mean, I got some of it off, but it was uh, it was pretty much stuck to the uh, to the tinfoil there. So, and I really, I think I should have just cooked it on the baking sheet. But I'm so I'm so lazy. It's like, well, see if you put the tinfoil on there, then you don't have to clean off the baking sheet. But oh well, sometimes the food's going to stick there. So
2: S- so quick. Quick tip, Kevin. Too, you know, if you don't want to put it in the oven, if you've got some pre-cooked rice, because sometimes you'll cook a meal and you may have some extra rice left over. For me, it is just braising it up in a skillet, taking a little bit of you. If you don't want to use a butter, you know, and I don't know how you cannot use rice and butter together, but just a, ta- a pat of butter. I keep a cast iron skillet, and then you just want to seize it up in that skillet and it'll get a nice crisp bite on it and it'll save you a little bit of time too. And,
0: and you know that's interesting because I think that probably will work better because the other thing was it was supposed to be nice and brown and crispy and it, it wasn't. So I don't know if I just didn't do it right or not, but that sounds like a much better idea. Yeah, so. you want
2: to make sure that, that butter, you know, just you want it to toast up and be really pretty brown color and then go ahead and add your rice. And if you want to, you can, you know, add you some onions in there to give it an extra little bite just to, you know, perk your rice up a little bit.
0: All right, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Jerry has called in from Macomb this morning. Hello, Jerry.
4: Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. My favorite show. Thank you. Thank Um, you. Thanks for being there. I'd like to ask the chef uh, that has the butcher shop uh, directions and a phone number. I I tuned in a little late. uh, It uh, would be a little bit of a trip for me to get there.
3: Where are you coming from?
4: I'm coming from Macomb. All
3: right. Um, if you were to, uh, coming up 55, I suppose? Yeah. So you take 55, uh, you're going to try, you're going to follow the signs to go on 49 north once you get to Jackson. Okay. Uh, and that's going to take you down uh, 220, and then you'll get off at the Flora exit uh, to get on 49, and you're going to go north towards Yazoo. And okay. then you'll see signs for Flora, uh and you just take the first sign for flora it'll take you to a four-way stop and you just take a right and it's the second block and it's got a sign out front
4: all right well thank you i'm gonna come see you sometime Okay,
3: uh, sir
0: Jerry, we've had it, this Wagyu beef twice, and it is really good. So I think oh uh, if, if you're headed up this way for something else or whatever, you can make a special trip. I think uh, you won't regret it, that's for sure.
2: Whether you're coming from Macomb, Louisiana, from <laughs> South <laughs> Fork, I don't care where you're coming from. Just come and get you some of this beef.
0: <laughs> uh, time for one last break in the hour. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're visiting today with the Flora Butcher, Chef David Rains, and also from the Canton Visitors Bureau, uh, Jana Deer is with us. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.
5: Steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News online at MPBOnline.org and on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Two guests in studio with us this morning. We're talking with the Flora Butcher, uh, Chef David Rains. Also visiting from the Canton Visitors Bureau, Jana Deer. Uh, we have been talking about uh, Chef Rains, uh, the butcher shop that he has in Flora, but also at about an event coming up in Canton. It's the uh, third Thursday each month in Canton throughout the summer, a food-related event. Uh, this month it's beef, it's what's for dinner. And, Jen, if I'm correct, it's that's the 15th of June. I believe.
5: It is. Alright.
0: And if you get, for folks that might have tuned in late, uh, give us, you know, the thumbnail sketch, things that are going to go on that Thursday.
5: Uh, we've got the band Burnham Road here from Brandon, Mississippi, which is, they're known from all over the southeast, really. Um, great event and it'll all kick off at 6 o'clock. We'll have the floor butchered there and we'll also have a local farmer's. So we've got Seven Cedars Farms with their veggies. We've got Farm Girl Grocery with her homemade breads and if you've not had her sourdough bread, you are missing out. Oh girl, and, you see it are like, yeah. let's <laughs> go get some right now <laughs> she delivers to our office once a week and we love when she pulls up and uh then we'll also have uh Summerall farms there with their fresh corn
0: all right um and so uh chef how long uh, have you owned the butcher shop um we are in our 10th month
3: so okay. we have not been there that long but uh, it's been going pretty well uh a lot of people think we haven't we just arrived on the scene because they've just heard about us. Because we just finally got a sign out front, <laughs> and then some people walk in and just assume we've been there forever. Uh, just because we, when we redid the shop, we tried to keep the old features of the building—exposed ex- brick. Uh, you know, it's still got the original bare concrete floors, and it's. Uh, we just tried to keep that look going.
2: So, is your butcher shop uh, servicing any of the local restaurants?
3: Uh, yes, uh, Parlor Market, Manship. Um,
2: hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: um uh, let's see uh you bonds and yazoo tom's on main uh will come buy stuff um you know nick apostle over at the little mermaid by lake caroline and then my old alma mater seafood revolution uh buys all their briskets and hamburgers and stuff like that so they can do wagyu burgers and stuff
2: fantastic
0: and i think you mentioned it's a a full service butcher shop but also you have a, a daily plate lunch We do. We do at
3: least two things every day, uh, from 11 to 2. It's $10, tax and drink included, and uh, we try to give you about two pounds of food, and it keeps everybody coming in and uh, everybody smiling. Uh, It's uh, sort of a set menu, so every Monday that you come in, uh, if you came in today, you would get uh, red beans and rice with a house-made andouille or a half-roasted chicken. We get these very uh, young birds in from Georgia, and they're just beautiful. They're only like two-pound birds, two-and-a-half pounds, so... Super tender, and then um, we throw in a third thing. On Fridays, we usually try to do Simmons Black and Catfish uh, with cheese grits, spuerblunk, and a vegetable. And then uh, Saturdays, we do a lot of steak tips, and we do roast beef boys, which are very popular. Which we would do more often if we could keep
0: up, but you know, <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> And I believe we had the roast beef boys last time you visited yeah. here, and they were Aww. really, really good. No, they're good. They're crowd, <laughs> yeah, they crowd exactly. pleasers. How important is it to try to get your suppliers to be other Mississippians? Uh, it's pretty crucial for me. Um, you know, some
3: things and I try to get in for people, even though it's not. I can't find a local producer, but in general, I sort of uh, stay away from the things I just can't find. Chicken would be an exception. Our lamb is from uh, Home Place Pastures in Coma, Mississippi. Um, All our pork, uh, we get whole pigs from a gentleman in Wesson, Mississippi. Um, He feeds them milk and bread, and they are phenomenal. Uh, And he just does it because he likes to. It's just a hobby for him, but we buy all his pigs, uh, Mm -hmm. or as much as we can. And then, of course, uh, the Wagyu is from my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's uh, as farm-to-table as you can get when I buy it from my dad (laughs) and put it (laughs) in there um and then you know we have uh like bozeman farms is in flora uh, and they raise cattle as well and we try to uh we're trying to get some of theirs in so you may see soon uh you know a special deal where we'll get one of their cows in and you can reserve your little part of that cow we'll bring it in and age it and cut it however you want it and uh we'll just try to do that more and more and then all the produce we use for our blue plates in general comes from two dog farms which is in flora and then we sell salad days, which is in Flora as well, the hydroponics. And then all, everything on the shelves is from Mississippi, with a few exceptions. And uh, even our pottery is made in Scotland, Mississippi, which is about 25 minutes away. Hmm. Uh, the knives are made in Lena, Mississippi. So we, he makes them with a pre-Civil War anvil. It's leaf springs off trucks and railroad spikes. And uh, he likes to use rebar made in flow wood. Uh, it's just everything local we can get our hands on.
2: And I think that's such a a beautiful story to tell when Mississippi is loving Mississippi. I mean, that's the way that we stay successful in this state. It's the way we grow our businesses and our family. And I just think it's like so super incredible to have one butcher shop connecting a whole state is from different, you know, uh, from the north, south and east and west, you know, building a family. And it's just wonderful to do that
3: yeah it's very very rewarding and it's uh, amazing we can even pull it off because it's hard you got to talk to a lot of individuals only make one thing and uh to fill the whole shop with them uh it was daunting in the beginning um but now it's uh you know we've had, we've created relationships you know we text and we joke and we <laughs> you know see if you need anything and you know we you know it's just gotten easier because i've just gotten to know all these people uh, it's been cool.
2: And I think that that's one of the reasons, that I'm sure Kevin will agree with me, why Mississippi Public Broadcasting in and of itself is so important, because it does allow us to build a family relationship across the state. It brings value to homes and to families as well as businesses, because we wouldn't be able to have you here if there was not a Mississippi Public Broadcasting. So.
0: And we certainly do appreciate you being here, and um, <clears throat> so uh, it's summertime, folks Folks, a lot of doing cookouts and that sort of thing, so uh, maybe uh, the perfect summer cookout menu, what, Chef, what what, what would be on your perfect cookout menu? Hmm.
2: Somebody else cooking, right? <laughs> Somebody else cooking.
0: Everything cooked by someone else is better.
3: Uh, I like to do kind of like I was talking before, a combination of things, long, slow cooks. Uh, grilling and barbecue is great for me in the summertime. I just like being outside with groups. So you get up in the morning and you start your Your pork ribs or your beef back ribs or brisket or something like that and then let it cook during the day and then as you get closer to it you start putting all the food out for everybody to start munching and then uh, you start cooking steaks and burgers and you know we make a lot of house we have a lot of house made sausage and stuff like that um which have been really popular everybody comes in and gets a steak and they get what they call grill candy
1: (laughs) where they sit there
3: and they cook some sausages of we have a lot of different kinds Uh, every day and they just sit there and snack on the sausage while they're cooking their steaks and hanging out and talking so
0: yeah i think that's half the fun of of a cookout like that is is the the food is the ultimate but then you know you're preparing it to to just sit there and and chew the fat as it were with with friends while while you're grilling up some good food i think is is really the way to go so uh, jana we've got about 45 seconds left one last chance for you to remind folks about the event coming up
5: that's right this thursday night june 15th from six to nine on the canton square uh, if you need more information, visit our website, Facebook, com, or give us a call at 601-859-1307.
0: All right. And, Chef, do you have a Facebook page?
3: Uh, we do. The Flora, uh, Just look up The Flora Butcher, and you'll find us on there. And um, our friend Joe Dara tries to keep up with it and talk to everybody when they when they get in there, because we're all running around usually. But he's uh, he's been amazing at keeping up with our Facebook page, and he tries to post our blue plates every day. And... Any specials and sales that we put on, so
2: I didn't get a chance to really harass him yet. So oh,
4: you should. He deserves it. <laughs>
2: yeah, he. Does. Oh, he's gonna get it before he leaves. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, that's funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Patrick, our intern. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, uh, thanking uh, Chef uh, David Raines, the Flora Butcher, and our guest, Jenna Deer. Thanks for staying uh, with us throughout the show this morning. Up next, now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.